Over here we see in this ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving instructions to the believers with regards to fighting, with regards to battle. But remember that in this is also a lesson for us. What is mentioned over here is that when you go to face an enemy in battle, then don't run away. Likewise, From this we learn a very important life lesson, which is that once you've started something, then don't leave it running away from it. Rather face it, complete it, finish it. And if you think it's difficult, yes it is difficult, you are right. But when you will stand your ground, you will remain firm, you will turn to Allah for help, then Allah will grant you success. Notice the word zahfan here. When you meet the disbelievers, zahfan. Zahfan is from the root letter zayhafa. Zahaf is used for a crawling animal. A crawling animal. That's going very, very slowly. But gradually, gradually it's moving forwards. Okay? Now, zahf is basically marching forward, making an advance. Because if you think about it, an army... When it is marching forward, it's as though a creature is crawling forwards. Right? So, when you go forward to face an enemy, then go and face the challenge, remain firm, don't turn back and escape. Because the Muslims, when they came out of Medina, remember what was the plan? Go attack the caravan. And now they're standing before the army. So, many times it happens that when you're in this situation, you feel like just running away. Escaping the problem altogether. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to go sleep in bed. I don't want to deal with this monster. I'm just going to go and sleep in bed. I'm going to close my eyes. But is that the solution? Is that the solution? No. Because remember that there are some things which if you will delay them, you will defer them, then they will only get bigger. Bigger problems. The problems will escalate. The enemy will become stronger. The giant will grow. Okay? It will become stronger and more powerful. So the sooner you tackle it, the better it will be. And secondly, once you've come forward, once you're facing it, then come on, go ahead and deal with it. Go ahead. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you the strength, the energy. He will give you the means. Our problem is that first of all, we don't start anything. We make excuses. We don't have this, we don't have this, we don't have this. Therefore, we cannot do it. Hmm? Or if Allah does give us a tawfiq to start, then we start and we say, it's too difficult. This is something that we cannot do. So we're just going to give up and we're going to start something different. But the thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those actions which are consistent. Which a person performs, he continues until the end of his life. Even if that action may be very small. Even if that project may be very small. You know, the Prophet ﷺ described that how when he started to do something, he would do it consistently. 
And one of the examples is that how the Prophet ﷺ, once he uh, wasn't able to perform the sunnah of dhuhr on time, because some people, they came, they met him, and they kept him busy. And the time of dhuhr ended, the time of asr began, the Prophet ﷺ performed asr. When he went home, he prayed his two nafl, because he wasn't able to perform them after dhuhr. So he made up for it afterwards. In another version, we learned that the Prophet ﷺ, he continued to perform those prayers until the end of his life. Even though it was so difficult, Aisha Anha said that most of the prayers, he would perform them sitting towards the end of his life. But he wouldn't give up. He wouldn't leave the prayers. He would still perform them. Because that is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes. That whatever you do, you do it with consistency. You do it until your last day. It shouldn't just be a phase in your life and then you just leave it. Because a person whom Allah gives his ayat and the person leaves them, he says, let me do something different now. His example is like who? Like a dog. Like a dog who clings to the world, who doesn't want to give up his desires. And this is one of the worst examples one of the worst descriptions that a human being can be given. So what do we learn here? That once you have started something, then complete it. Wait until the end. And you might even feel as though you are doing something useless and it's taking too much of your time. You might be better doing something else. But you know what? If you stick it out, if you stick it out and you reach the end, it's going to be worth it. Sometimes what happens is that people start their university, their college, and then this gets too difficult, and they're like, forget it, leave it. And they leave it, and they're never able to complete it. Hmm? So, one is that you take a break, and you say, right now it's not possible for me, but inshallah, I am going to complete it whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me the chance. And the other is that a person says, you know what, I can't do it. I know of a person who started their medical degree. Okay? They studied in college for a number of years. And you know what happened towards the end? They failed one of the exams. They could have taken it again, easily. But they said, I'm not doing it anymore. They gave up. They're like, forget it. I'm not doing it. Can you imagine a person goes so far, and at the end he says, forget it. And if he says, forget it, then what does he have in his hand? What does he have? Does he have a medical degree? Will anybody accept him as half a doctor? Will you allow him to give you medication, to prescribe anything to you, to give you an injection. Never. Like he's only half a doctor, he's not a full doctor. Does he have engineering degree then? What does he have? Nothing. Nothing. So sometimes it happens that when what you're doing gets extremely difficult. But you have to persevere. You don't run away. You do not turn your back and run away in flight. You don't become an escapist. You deal with the problem. And you keep going. And when you keep going, it'll get easier. Many times it happens that in relationships, if initially a couple, they find it difficult to get along, or initially it's very good, and then problems start coming, and then one of them says, that's it, I'm done with it. I'm over it. I'm walking away. And if they walk away, then okay. But if they stick it out, they stick it out, they accept it, that these are problems and I have to learn to grow with them. I have to learn to deal with them. We have to find a solution to them. We have to make it work somehow. Then what will happen? Eventually, inshallah, they will make it. Because many divorces, they happen 
very soon. Very soon. Because as soon as the couple realizes that we're going on that bumpy road, they don't want to continue anymore. They just stop right there. But you go through that bumpy road. You go, you continue for a little while longer. And you know what? You'll make it inshallah. You'll survive. There was a person, you know those competitions that they have where, you know the hand one that, what is it called? Arm wrestling. Okay. So he always won games, okay, or competitions like that. Not just arm wrestling, but every kind of competition. So somebody asked him that, how do you do that? He says, let me show you. He says, you bite my thumb and I will bite your thumb. Okay? And whoever gives up first, meaning releases their thumb, they lose. You understand? You understand? You bite my thumb, I'll bite yours. Don't try it. But if you release your thumb from my mouth first, you lose. Okay? So he said, okay. So they tried. And... The other guy, he was very determined that I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to release my thumb. But you know what? He couldn't bear it anymore and he pulled his thumb out. So he said, what happened? How did you win? He said, I was just waiting for you to give up. My goal was, I'm going to wait until you give up. That was my goal. I had my eyes set on that. And when my eyes were set on that, that helped me be victorious. Because we focus on the pain, on the difficulty. We say, ouch, it's hurting, it's hurting, it's hurting. Hmm? It's difficult. Now this happened. Now that happened. But you know what? We have to look past that pain. Look at the goal. You tell yourself, only this much is left. Only this much is left. Inshallah, we'll make it. Only two hours more. Like, you know, when you're traveling, then what happens? You start thinking about, oh, the seat is so uncomfortable. I know it's so hard. You know what? If you think like that, every second will feel like an hour. But if you keep telling yourself, it's okay, inshallah. There's five hours left. I can read for an hour. And I will take a nap for an hour. I'll take a long time doing this. I'll take a long time doing this. And inshallah, the time will pass. Hmm? So some people, they focus on the pain. And others, they focus on the goal. If you focus on the goal, you'll make it. If you focus on the pain, you're not going to make it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us over here that when you face an enemy, then do not turn your backs. In fact, from hadith we learned that one of the seven destructive sins is what? Running away from the battlefield. وَمَن يُوَلِّهِمْ And whoever turns against them, meaning whoever turns his back towards the enemy. يَوْمَ إِذِنْ That day, دُبُرَهُ His back, meaning whoever turns his back that day to the enemy. In other words, he turns around in order to run away, in order to save his life. Then this is something very serious. At the end of the ayah you see, فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِغَضَبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ He will incur the anger of Allah. وَمَأْوَاهُ جَهَنَّمْ And his abode is hellfire. وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ What a terrible place that is. So turning away from the battlefield is a major sin. It leads a person to hellfire. He's running away to save his life. He will end up where? In the hellfire. He will incur Allah's wrath. But we see that an exception is mentioned. There are two cases in which a person is allowed to Retreat from the battlefield. What is that? Which is mentioned that وَمَن يُوَلِّهِمْ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ دُبُرَهُ إِلَّا except. First of all, مُتَحَرِّفًا لِقِتَالٍ Secondly, أَوْ مُتَحَيِّزًا إِلَى فِئَةٍ Firstly, مُتَحَرِّفًا لِقِتَالٍ مُتَحَرِّف What's the root? 
تحريف. What does تحريف mean? To change. But remember that تحريف literally means to bend. Right? To turn. Because you're turning the word. You're bending it, you're turning it, you're twisting it, you're changing it. Okay? So, mutaharrifan means the one who turns away from the battlefield. Why? Liqitalin. For the purpose of battle. Meaning, he turns away as a strategy, as a war strategy. To show to the enemy that, oh, I'm running away and you're victorious. So what will happen is that when he's running away, the enemy thinks, okay, we've won. What is the enemy going to do now? Start celebrating. And once they're celebrating, they're busy, they've put their arms down, they've put their weapons down, they're relaxed. Now what happens? This group of people who retreated, now they come and attack again. Basically what happened at Uhud. But not something that the Muslims did. This is what the non-Muslims did. Remember that they ran away from the battle, And the Muslims, they thought we have won. And the 50 companions who had been appointed at that mountain, what happened? They came, they disobeyed the Prophet ﷺ, they came to the battlefield, started enjoying. They said, let's collect the booty. And then what happened? The mushrikeen saw that the Muslims are not guarded anymore. So they had run away, then they regrouped, and then they attacked the Muslims again. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the believers of, and remember this was revealed before Uhud. Hmm? This was revealed before Uhud. So anyway, Allah is telling the believers that you're not allowed to run away from the battlefield. The only exception is if you run away in order to come back and attack again. أو or متحيزاً إلى فئتين متحيز From the root letters, حوز حوز is basically to gather together. Okay, It's also used for a snake. Because a snake, how does it sit sometimes? Coiled up in one place, right? And it also means, house also means to guard. So if a snake is sitting somewhere, that place is well guarded by the snake. You don't want to go there. Right? It's his territory. Keep away. Keep away. Right? Like once there was a companion, a man at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, his house, what happened that his wife came running out screaming. And she said there was a black snake inside the house. So he got very upset and he went inside and he struck the snake killed it, but what happened that there was a loud scream, you know, noise heard, and that man was found dead. Because that snake was not just a snake, it was a shaitan. Hmm? Because shaitan sometimes, jinn sometimes appear in this form. But anyway, if a snake is somewhere, then he's like, basically saying, go away, this is my place. Right? Otherwise, if you come near, then you're going to be in trouble. Right? This is what house means. So, mutahayyiz is the one who retreats in order to regroup. Retreats in order to regroup. So for example, there's five people fighting together. And three of them are killed. Two of them are left. And those two realize that if we continue to stand here, we're going to be gone too. So let's run away and find another group of Muslims whom we can join. So you understand? In this case, it is allowed. But otherwise, it's not allowed. The only exceptions where turning away from the battlefield is allowed is when? In order to come back as war strategy. And whoever does so without these reasons, just to run away and save his life, فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِغَضَبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَمَأْوَاهُ جَهَنَّمْ وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ It's a major sin. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the Muslims, فَلَمْ تَقْتُلُوهُمْ So you did not kill them. That victory was not because of your efforts only. You were victorious, not because of all these strategies that you adopted. You were victorious because Allah gave you that victory. Realize that فَلَمْ تَقْتُلُوهُمْ You didn't kill them. Did you take their soul away? You just struck them. So many times it happens that people are struck in a worse way, but they don't die. You struck them only. فَلَمْ تَقْتُلُوهُمْ You didn't kill them. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ قَتَلَهُمْ But it is Allah who killed them. What is meant by this? That don't think that victory was because of what you did. You are successful today because of your own efforts. No, not at all. If you have achieved anything today, it's why? Because Allah enabled you. It's because Allah guided you. It's because He gave you the strength. He gave you the ability to take that move at that time in that way. And if He didn't give you the ability, then you would never be successful. You would never be victorious. Because what happens is that when we are successful in anything, immediately we become happy. And it's good to be happy. But the problem is that we become arrogant about it. And we love to take credit for it. We're like, yeah, I did it. I did it. Right? And we wait for applause. We wait for words of appreciation from people. We say, look, I did it. But the fact is that you didn't do it. You didn't make yourself successful. Who made you successful? Allah made you successful. Think about it. If there is an exam that you're writing, is it possible that while you're writing, you just go completely blank? Is it possible that the questions that come on the exam happen to be the exact same concepts which you thought weren't important and you didn't really study? Very much possible. It happens with people all the time. So if you enter an exam room and as a test paper comes to you, Everything, all the answers are just coming in your head, popping in your head, that you wish you could write faster, huh? before those thoughts would go away. And all the questions are exactly what you prepared for. So, you made yourself pass? You made yourself ace the test? No, who gave you the ability? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something that we must remember every time we accomplish something in order to remain humble. Because when we start taking credit for our achievements, and we start saying, yeah, yeah, I did it, then we become arrogant, we start showing off, we want praise from people, and there we have wasted our effort. Because now, it is insincere. It is not sincere for Allah. We're wasting our efforts by what? Man, ada, riya. Right? We accomplish something, and now we're throwing it away. So what is necessary? No matter what we achieve, no matter what we accomplish, remain humble. And how do we remain humble? I didn't do it. Allah made me do it. Allah gave me ability. He gave me tawfiq. And keep putting yourself down in this way, in the sense that keep humbling yourself. It's like somebody was once asked about, how do you remain sincere and humble when people praise you for the work that you've done? He said that when people are praising you, remind yourself, at that time of your mistakes, of your sins. Tell yourself in your heart, yeah, this person doesn't know this thing about you. If they knew, they would never be praising you in this way. Because when you remember your sins, 
when you remember your failures, when you remember your shortcomings, that keeps you humble. And when you just count your achievements and your successes, and you boast them, and you publicize them, and you talk about them, and you show off, then that will make you a show off. And that will waste your deeds. So, فَلَمْ تَقْتُلُوهُمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ قَتَلَهُمْ You didn't become victorious yourself, Allah gave you that victory. وَمَا رَمَيْتَ And you did not throw. إِذْ رَمَيْتَ When you threw. From the root letters, رَمِيم يَا رَمْيُون رَمْيُون is to cast, to throw. The Prophet ﷺ is being told. You see, تَقْتُلُوا is plural. All the believers are being told. And now, رَمَيْتَ Singular. The Prophet ﷺ is being told. That you did not throw when you threw, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ رَمَى But it is Allah who threw. What is this referring to? We learned that when the battle began, the Prophet ﷺ, he took a handful of sand and he threw it towards the disbelievers' army. And he said, شَاهَةِ الْوُجُوهُ May the faces be humiliated. And this sand, it flew all the way and it got into the eyes of the disbelievers. And imagine if there's sand in your eyes. Can you look? Can you do anything? Sand in your eyes. What are you going to do? Drop everything you've got and start cleaning up your eyes. So this is something that also led to the victory. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the Prophet, you didn't throw. Meaning when you took that handful and threw it in the air, you think it could have reached the eyes of the disbelievers from that far? No. Who caused it to reach all the way there? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who caused that wind to blow and take all those sand particles there? And cause them to fall into their eyes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So remember, whether it is some general thing that we are successful in, or we are successful in something because of some strategy, because of some trick that we adopted, some plan that we had in place, don't give credit to yourself, and don't give credit to that strategy, that plan either. Hmm? Like for example, somebody says, how did you ace this test? How did you make it? You're like, you know what? I made a list of everything that I felt was important first. And then I did this and I did this and I did this. And right before going into the exam, I read through all those things. And the moment I went inside, I remembered it was all fresh in my head. And this is the reason why I got all the answers down. So this was a method that you adopted in order to be successful. So what do we do sometimes? We give credit to that method. I always study in this way. This is why I pass my exams. Hmm? I drive in this way. I take this route because of which I always make it in time. Yes. Assalamualaikum. Uh, I just wanted to share something we learned in uh, psychology. Like I find it funny that um, when humans, like when we do something that we're successful in, we attribute it to internal qualities like our strategy or our like smarts or whatever. But when we fail in something, we attribute it to external events, Very like, true. oh, the professor made it so hard, or it was so hot, or blah, blah, blah. Yes, so. that's very true. So when we are successful, then don't attribute it to your internal qualities or any plan that you adopted. Attribute it to who? The one who sends the help, the one who is the grantor of victory. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gave it. So whenever we're successful, what's the first thing that should come out of our mouths? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Allah. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave the tawfiq. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this victory to you for what reason? 
and so that he would test al-mu'minina the believers minhu from him bala and a trial hasana good in allah samiun alim indeed allah is hearing and knowing meaning allah gave you all this victory why to test you through a good test because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us through bad and through good through difficulty and through ease through failure and success So if you're successful, remember, that is just another test. While you were working and preparing, that was a test. But now that you have your result in your hand, that is another test. Bala and hasana. Because Allah is Samir Alim. He's going to hear what you're going to say. And He's going to watch what you do and what you feel in your heart. So when we get our result, what's the first thing we say? Yeah, I did it. Look, I did it. See? I'm the best. I'm the best. I know I'm the smartest person in this class. And every, everybody else, yeah, you know what? They don't know anything. Even if we don't verbalize these statements, where are we saying them? In our hearts. Right? We say, see, I am actually quite smart, intelligent, and capable. These people just don't know. They don't acknowledge it. And see, now my result proved it to my mom. My result proved it to my teacher. I am a good person. I am a smart person. I can do something. So when we say such words, whether in our hearts or we verbalize them, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're showing off. We're boasting. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us. إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ ذَلِكُمْ That is for you. Meaning you had victory, O believers. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ And that indeed Allah. مُوهِن One who will weaken. مُوهِن From وَهْن وَهْن is weakness. He is going to weaken the Kaid al-Kafirin, the plot of the disbelievers. So you had victory, and the disbelievers, their entire plot, their scheme of harming you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it weak now. Because this battle, this is what caused the Muslims to become stronger, and it caused the enemy to become weaker. Because if the first time, You face someone, you fail. Then what happens? You think forever that I'm going to fail. Right? Like for example, if in school you ever had you know, some competition and there's a person and you failed. They won and you lost. And the next time you enter that same competition and that same person is coming against you. What do you feel? What do you feel? Why this person... They know some trick that I don't know and they always win against me. Right? So the first time you lose against someone, you forever think that you're going to lose again. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He weakened the plot of the disbelievers by this victory. Allah says, in تَسْتَفْتِحُ He addresses the disbelievers that if you were seeking victory from فَتْحْ فَاتَحَ فَقَدْ جَاءَكُمُ الْفَتْحِ Then victory has certainly come to you. What does it mean? We see that Abu Jahl, he said on the day of Badr, Abu Jahl, by the way, on the side of the Mushrikeen, and he was killed in the battle of Badr. He said on the day of Badr that, Oh Allah, because remember that the Mushrikeen also believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Oh Allah, whichever of the two camps, which two camps? The camp of the Muslims, the camp of the pagans. Whichever of the two camps severed the relationship of the womb, meaning cut ties with their relatives, and brought us what is not familiar, meaning they're following something that is new, destroy him this day. Meaning cause them to lose today. Abu Jahl made this dua. 
So what happened? Allah said, in تَسْتَفْتِحُوا If you were seeking فَتْح فَتْح means victory and فَتْح also means uh, decision. Because a decision clarifies, opens up the whole matter. So if you were seeking Allah's decision, hmm, that whoever is upon the truth should be victorious and whoever is upon falsehood should be defeated today, فَقَدْ جَاءَكُمُ الْفَتْحِ Then that فَتْحِ has come. That decision has come. Now it is clear to you who is upon the truth and who is not upon the truth. وَإِن تَنْتَهُ And on seeing this, if you learn a lesson and you stop, meaning you stop from your disbelief, you stop from your opposition to the Prophet ﷺ, فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ Then it will be best for you. وَإِن تَعُودُ And if you return, you repeat, meaning you come back fighting against the Muslims, then نَعُود We will also return, meaning we will also repeat in our helping the Muslims. If you come to attack the Muslims again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send His help to the Muslims again. And remember that وَلَن تُغْنِيَ عَنْكُمْ And it will never avail you. It will never help you. What? فِئَتُكُمْ Your group, your company. Fi'a is basically a group of people, right? So your company, meaning your great numbers, they're not going to help you. Shayan, anything at all. They're not going to save you. You were a thousand a number and three hundred managed to put you to flight. So don't think your numbers are everything. وَلَوْ كَثُرَتْ And even if they may be many, even if your numbers may be many, even if you may come in thousands, now you came a thousand, in the future you come as thousands, still your numbers are not going to avail you. Because the fact is that وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Because indeed Allah, He is with who? The believers. His help, His support is with those who believe in Him those who turn to Him. So what do we learn in this for ourselves? That we have to become believers, better believers, stronger believers, more complete believers, if we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help. Because no one is more truthful than Allah. If Allah says that his, He is with the believers, then His help is definitely with them. And if His help is not with the person who calls himself a believer, then that means that that person needs to work on his iman. Which is why we see that at the beginning of the surah, what was emphasized? Iman. The attributes of the believers. Because when we perfect them, when we improve them, it is then that we will continue to receive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help. We'll listen to the recitation. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu إذا لقيتم الذين كفروا زحفا فلا تولوهم الأدبار ومن يولهم يومئذ دبره إلا متحرفا لقتال أو متحيزا إلى فئة فقد باء فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِغَضَبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَمَأْوَاهُ جَهَنَّمُ وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ فَلَمْ تَقْتُلُوهُمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ قَتَلَهُمْ وَمَا رَمَيْتَ إِذْ رَمَيْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ رَمَى وَلِيُبَلِيَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ مِنْهُ بَلَاءً حَسَنًا 
So if somebody praises you on your face, then what can you do? Like we learned over here that you shouldn't even praise yourself. So if somebody else is praising you, then what should you do? There is one dua that Allahumma la tu'akhidni bima yaqulun. Oh Allah, you don't hold me accountable for what these people are saying. Waghfirli ma la ya'lamun. And forgive me for that which they don't know about me. You know what sins I commit. So you forgive me for that which they don't know about me. And waj'alni khayra mimma yaqulun. And make me better than what these people think of me. They think I'm very good, make me even better. They don't know my sins, you forgive me for that. And for this praise that I don't deserve, you don't hold me accountable for that. So it's very important that we keep ourselves humble no matter what we've accomplished. If you know your nafs is becoming arrogant, you are impressed by yourself, remind yourself of your sins. And when somebody is impressed by your you know, little insignificant efforts, that are full of flaws, then remain humble at that time also. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.